Oh, yeah, baby. We're back. And the climb continues. And that climb is starting on the first step Saturday, this Saturday at the Doke at 5 p.m. And there's tickets available. Hey, shout out to the Florida State student section. They sold it out, baby. 16,000. They what sold else, out. What else they're are they going to do at 5 o'clock on Saturday? They're going to be crazy. They're going to be crazy in the stands. They hope they are. Well, with that, welcome back to another episode of Seminole Sideline 365. Uh, you have already met Bruce. I am KB. And uh, once again, thanks for being here for another episode. As you can tell, we're excited to finally have game action or be on game week oh, uh, yeah. this weekend for even though it's, uh, you know, hopefully a, a easier opponent. Uh, no game is easy, uh, as we know with seven. Oh, so, uh, I didn't say that. So um, but yeah, if you haven't already, go ahead and uh, like the like the episode. Follow us on uh, YouTube if you're watching us today. And if you can't well, wait a minute, you just uh, said you just said no, I didn't say easy opponent. You did say easy oh, opponent. I think you need to check your hearing aid. I didn't say that. <laughs> I said no game is easy with the Seminoles. So oh, okay. but as I was saying, go ahead and like the channel. Um, we would appreciate that. If you can't catch the show, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you uh, Google Podcasts, anywhere uh, you listen to music. Uh, you can catch us the day after uh, or during this week, and that's uh, you're going to the game. So um, with that, uh, there is a good amount of news that came out, uh, depth charts, uh, you know, all sorts of things right before the game. As you can imagine, we have some injury updates. So, uh, Bruce, why don't you take us right into some of the latest here? Okay. The first thing I was going to say is if I could have played a song tonight at the beginning, which is not allowed on a lot of these social media platforms, I would have played this one. Can you read it? Journey, don't <laughs> stop believing. High tech what operation. A, oh, what a great song! You know, hey, back in the day at the Doke when we were head the swagger during warm-ups on the field, they used to play the Miami Vice song. Do you know the Miami yes, Vice song? Everyone knows the Phil Collins song. Phil yeah. Collins, yes, yes. who I saw in person in Tampa. Great. Oh, what a great song! This is the song we should be playing on warm-ups on Saturday. That's the song we should be playing. Okay. Now, the depth chart came out. What does that mean to most people? It, you know, for the casual fan, it looks like it's really important. It's really not. It's really, it's engineered, in my opinion, by the coaching staff and by Coach Norvell to not hurt a lot of feelings if he doesn't have to hurt feelings. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's kind of a gentle way to tell people these days in this, in the softer generations here, uh, you're going to start, but we have a, or next to that. And maybe Billy will be, it'll be you or Billy, you know, that type of situation. So we actually do show who's going to start the game. Who starts the game? Who finishes the game? There's going to be a lot of players run in and out of this game for a very for a variety of reasons. So I think it really Coach Norvell tried to navigate this thing, not hurt too many feelings. I didn't see too many people get their feelings hurt with what they they put up there because most of these guys are going to be rotating in and out quite a bit. And the reason is I did pull a uh, I pulled a weather report. And the weather report for Saturday, just for the heck of it that you should know, 
between 3 p.m. and 8 p.m. The game time kick is at 5 p.m. Thank you, ACC Network. What a crap time that is. It's not a really a time. You know, 50% chance of rain. 50% chance of rain between those hours. Okay? Okay. Um, And the temperature. Okay. Wait a minute. (laughs) Where are we going with this? Wait a minute. Duquesne gets a little bit of a break. Thunderstorms. Could make a sloppy game, which falls into the underdog's favor. And 86 degrees to start off around three. It'll end about 78. Okay. The humidity is uh, is medium. Well, so, if you if you don't watch the news tonight, you now have the weather forecast for the weekend. And, no, that's uh, for Saturday. That's, that's for Saturday. Saturday is that, the weekend. that has to be important because, as I said in a tweet earlier this week, Duquesne, I sure hope they call ahead and ordered those big sideline fans and the air cooler seats and all this stuff and plenty of Gatorade because it is going to be really, really hot, really, really hot. You know that's passing- a, <laughs> hey, 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 don't laugh at that. Who said that after we lost the game? Ring, ring, Coach Willie Taggart. Oh, we weren't in condition. We were cramping up. I don't want to hear that. We you know, it hasn't been exactly, uh, you know, uh, cool and uh, uh, cool weather up here, uh, up in Pittsburgh and, and the Virginia, you know, it, uh, up here in the East Coast. You know, you're down in Florida. I know it's hot, but it's it's been 90s, 90s and above for, for the most part in Pittsburgh. So it's not like they even enjoy 70 degrees. Other. I think they'll be they'll be OK with the Florida weather. It'll be hot. No, I understand. Uh, no, listen, I understand that. But it does have an impact. It does have an impact. And the rotations, which we saw drop out on the depth chart, the rotation and how, as, as Coach Doverell says, how deep your team is, is going to make a difference in these types of games. And it will make a difference on Saturday. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's an FCS team. So you, you by default, should be deeper than Duquesne. So, of I, course. And these types of games, you, you, by default, should be deeper. But like you said, in terms of the margin of victory, it should it should really come to fruition now. Instead of being a team by fourteen, you should be by double that because you should be, like you said, have more guys you can throw off the bench, and you hopefully should be ahead at a point where you can go deeper into your bench and get players more reps. But we'll see. So, what with your comments? I have a depth chart. Yeah, up yeah on the, the only thing. Yeah, let's, the only. Let's, the, I don't think we need to talk more about the weather. Let's, yeah, the the big thing I saw was uh, uh, Tate got the number two, but that wasn't surprising. No, that's not surprising. Yeah, that's not surprising behind. Jordan Travis. The question will be, what time does he enter the game on Saturday? Uh, Johnny Wilson's going to be split in time with Malik McLean. I think that's a, a fair judgment there. I think the freshman, uh, uh, Armella, he's he's on the depth chart as a freshman. There's yeah. number two there. Yeah. Now, we've had some injuries along that line already. Yeah. You know, Darius Washington, Maurice Smith is not playing center. He's out. For the year, it looks like Darius Washington's going to step in and multi-position player and take over that position because uh, we lost uh, Kendall Lyles, who was a center. So that is going to be interesting with Darius Washington, who should be able to handle it. But when you're snapping that ball, when you're snapping that ball, anything can happen. Okay. Other than that, I didn't see any big, big surprises here. Uh, on this uh, depth chart, did you? Uh, I think the only couple of things that uh, surprised me were the oars um, uh, at the receiver position. I think it was sort of surprising to see 
uh, the ores next to Deuce Span and Johnny Wilson. They've already seemed like they come in as transfers and are making some. I didn't think Deuce Span was going to be ready to to fill a right receiver spot and potentially start in that position, but it seems like he's made some strides at, in the fall. And, and they put that or next to his name, which means he could slot in a, as a starter within that role. Um, Johnny, you know, we've all we've talked about him every week, so I, that maybe that's not as surprising. But I think both those guys coming in uh, is somewhat surprising with that or next to name, which means that, that they could start. Um, you know, Trey Sean, I, I guess he gets a starting nod because he's been in the system. You know, he does flash um, when he starts. And so I, I think that was surprising, probably because I think he gets a starting Why nod. Why is that surprising? Because I just think you... Trey, I think Trey by the end of the year will be the starter. Okay. Just he, because he has a Yeah, but he tool. has no proven record. Trey. And I, that's what I was getting to before you cut me off. And that's why there is no or. That's, but that's yeah. what surprised me. I think if he said like, Trey, he said like, Less than ten carries in his career. Okay, I, but and Trayshawn never started the game, so you know, really, what is, what is the difference there? Like I said, I get it, I get why he's the starter, but I think by the end of the year, Trey will probably be be at the top of the depth. Chart. I think all three backs there are going to have plenty of carries. Yeah, are going to uh, have plenty of carries. I agree with that. And then the last thing is, uh, you don't see Keyshawn Hilton on the receiver depth chart at all, and that goes at back all. Behind. So. That's kind of as a senior. That's probably kind of disheartening to him uh, to not see his name on there and already get passed up by you know, two transfers and you know a couple yeah. of through sophomore or three yeah. transfers. Sorry, you know Micah's starting. Uh, then you have two transfers at the or positions. Uh, so I, I think it's got to be pretty disheartening for him. I don't know. I don't know if he sticks. Or, I, I guess I don't know where he goes from here. But um, well, nobody knows because nobody has asked the coach that when they've had opportunities to say. Is Keyshawn hurt? Is he not? Why isn't he on here? Yeah. yeah. No, nobody asks those questions. It's, hey, you know, well, never mind. That's, that's, a, that's another subject. So uh, nobody yeah. asks the questions that people really want to know. Uh, so the, the, I think those are the surprising bits right there. Um, but really, I think the Keyshawn, the Keyshawn question is probably the, the one that nobody's asked. And that's probably the biggest thing that sticks out. That's a great question. Yeah. Yeah, it's we'll, a, it, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll, I, I, I'm, I'm sure that uh, that will come out here at some point. Um, but I think also to the point out at the right guard position, you have two transfers, or you have two, yeah, two transfers in that position right there, which is interesting as well. So you're already starting to see transfers make an impact on this depth chart already at, at key positions across the board. You have Jared Verse potentially in that starting DN role. Did you? Were you right surprised he was Harris. in or? Were you surprised he was in or? Who? Uh, Jared? Yeah. No, I, I think it's one of those things. Once again, I think it's a balancing of you're balancing kids' emotion, you know, kids' feelings. Um, but I also think Derek McClellan has made made strides since his true freshman year. I think he's grown. He's gone through the conditioning program. I think they're expecting a lot of big things out of him. So, and I do, you know, I think Odell likes to rotate guys in and out. So I do, I do believe that they will rotate that position consistently. Um, and if one of them does rise to the occasion, starts to see a major impact, then they'll go with one or the, you know, they'll, they'll go with one or the other. But I think, you know, having two good ends is, is good. And I think both those guys are are, are going to play well. So, um, no, it doesn't really surprise me then. Uh, yeah, I, I, it doesn't surprise me either. He's taking a step up in divisions and uh, he's really still got to get out there and kind of prove himself. Now he has this first game here to really light it up. And, and send a statement, and it'll be interesting to uh, to see how that comes about. Now, we did lose a linebacker, you know. We lost a linebacker to injury for the year. Mm-hmm. 
that's gonna that's going to uh, that's gonna play into the depth there. It wasn't a starter. Uh, who was that? <laughs> I forget his name. <laughs> uh, um, I tweeted on it. I tweeted yeah, you, on you, it. but it, like you said, it's not a big deal because that's why you yeah. brought in. Uh, it's just a sad I, case. Yeah. He's worked really hard, and uh, yeah, um, and, you know, he, you know, he's a sophomore. Stephen Dix, you lose him. Yeah, Dix, Stephen Dix Jr. Once again, he's, my he's a guy. Yeah, he's a guy that you lose. Could have made an impact this year. Hasn't made an impact really so far. Um, but he's he's you know he's a sophomore. Um, so yeah, he played you, a lot as a freshman, then then didn't get as much playing time last but year. But he wasn't on that depth chart. Either. No, he was not on so, that depth chart. So it, it does stink for him twofold because he didn't make the depth chart, then he gets hurt. So it's got to be kind of deflating yeah. for him. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, this is a linebacker room that has to be better this year. Um, so hopefully he can come back healthier. He can get back to 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 compete for a spot next year. But this is why you got you brought guys like Tatum in from UCF who's immediately going to be a starter based on depth chart. And you're expecting big things from him this year. So, well, coach, um, Nor coach Norvell did say, listen, and it is any coach in this level is saying it's about competition. Yeah. The best guys are going to play, you know, and if feelings are going to get hurt and, and that's the way it is, but you could be a fourth year junior or senior and some guy transfers in and takes your spot. It's about ability and it's about performance. You know, that's what it's going to be about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. So uh, I think that does it for the depth chart. Anything, any other things that you want to know before we move on? No, the, the only other thing was, uh, is about who's really going to be calling the plays. You know, that's a question that didn't get asked either is yeah. who is going to be calling the plays, the offensive coordinator. Is that going to be coach Adkins? Is he calling the plays? Usually you got a guy up in the booth calling the play. You know, who can see the whole field? Is it going to be Coach Norvell who's calling the play? That was never answered either. That's another question. If I was there, I would have been asking. And that's probably why I'm not there, because they don't want those types of questions. <laughs> well, I, I think it's a fair – is that a fair question? I, 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 I think, yeah, somewhat fair question. But okay, no sugar here. This is not a sugar program. It's a fair question. I, I, I've listened to too many interviews now, and it's getting so I can't listen to many of them because I don't learn anything, and they're, it's the same words. Yeah. I'm yeah. just being honest. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I, I, so I, I do wonder who's calling in the plays. You I, know, I, I put that out on Twitter, and one guy came back, one uh, one follower came back, and he said, he said uh, 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 no, Atkins isn't calling the plays. It's gonna be it's gonna be Norvell who's calling the plays. Well, I think we'll clearly find out on Saturday. So that question will be put to rest. But uh, that quickly moves us on to discussing the Duquesne game, and we have a special guest here with us right now. And I will bring him into the studio. We have Brad Everett of the Post Gazette. Brad, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Hey guys, how you doing tonight? Hey Brad, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Hey, listen, Brad, we appreciate you coming on the program, spending a few minutes with us here tonight. Uh, just a little bit. Uh, Brad is a uh, sports reporter for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, uh, and uh, he has some insight here on Duquesne and, and can tell us a little bit more than we know down here in Tallahassee. Did I get that right on your credentials there, uh, Brad? 
Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Um, yeah, like I mainly cover preps uh, here for the Pittsburgh okay. Post Gazette, but uh, but you know, like we dabble in a lot of other things as well. So, um, well, um, yeah, well, definitely looking forward to it. Well, we definitely read some of your articles coming out of there on Duquesne, and I thought they were insightful, to be honest. But one of the things, the first question I want to ask you is this, Brad. Now, I understand you're a former elite beer pong player. Is that correct? Now, did you win any championships or, or anything like that? That is a fact. Um, some of my closest friends, they may argue that fact. They, uh, you know, they may not agree with me on that. But uh, yeah, did you know? Did win some regional competitions, and uh, I did advance to the national championships the one year, my friend and I. Uh, but we were we were just out of college, and we couldn't afford the money. Like we couldn't afford to put the money into the trip to go to the championships because they were in Las Vegas. So 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 we never got to you know show our stuff on a national stage. So uh, that's like one of my biggest regrets right there. Oh, I bet you you would have won, man. I bet you you would have won. There's, there's no doubt. You know, I'm like, I'm about six foot three, so like I have a pretty long reach. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hey, maybe you should be on the Duquesne football team. Maybe you got any eligibility left? Uh, I, I mean, uh, they probably don't care for like a 42 year old, uh, uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, washed up athlete here. So I don't. I, <laughs> well, again, listen, Brad, we do appreciate your time. You're a busy guy, and uh, we appreciate you being on here. No I want problem. to jump. I want to jump right into this. Okay, why would Duquesne take this game? Money, <laughs> money. <laughs> that's that's yeah, what yeah, I thought. Yeah, You're yeah. an honest guy. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, money and lots of it. Uh, you know, that, you know, that's the big reason. You know, for a game like this, um, uh, you know, like the payout for this is, uh, uh, you know, like apparently around four hundred thousand dollars. So, yeah. uh, you know, that, you know, that's a pretty nice chunk of change for them to, you know make some adjustments to the program, make some improvements and stuff like that. And kind of put that towards, uh, you know, what, you know, what they're building now, what they're building towards the future. So um, yeah, pretty much no brenner on their end. I think, I mean, they've, they've, um, uh, they've scheduled a couple FBS opponents here the last couple of years and, you know, they'll be going down to Tallahassee of course this weekend. And then they also have a trip uh, coming up to Hawaii. Uh, they're heading down to the islands uh, uh, there in September. So it should be fun. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. Now, They've had a pretty successful program there under Coach uh, Jerry Schmidt, right? That's correct. Right. You know, they, they, they've won uh, conference titles in the Northeast Conference there. Uh, they're an FCS, you know, level club. But mm -hmm. you know what? We've been beaten by FCS clubs. <laughs> like yeah. last year when we had the heart attack with Jacksonville State mm -hmm. on the very last play of the game. So if Duquesne can hang around in this game, they have a chance. Can they hang around in this game, in your opinion? I think they can. Um, you know, you know, they have a lot of veteran guys. You know, this team, you know, they went down last year. They went down uh, to Fort Worth and they played TCU in the season opener down there. You know, didn't work out too well on the scoreboard. Uh, they also lost their quarterback, Joe Mishler, um, went down with a serious knee injury, missed the rest of the season. So that wasn't the best result, but they got that experience of playing in a, you know, big environment like that, you know, probably, probably not as, you know, wow of a crowd, you know, probably not as spirited as a bunch as maybe Florida state, you know, will be uh, there come Saturday, but, you know, still a big environment. And then they went to Ohio a couple of weeks after that, and uh, they beat an FBS team for the first time in school history. So, uh, you know, so they're riding some confidence there from last season. They have some returners back. So, you know, I, you know, I'm sure they feel, 
Um, I talked to a couple of the guys and, and and they said, Hey, listen, you know, like we're not going down. This isn't for like a Florida vacation. You know I mean? We're, we're, you know, we did that with our family years ago, you know, like we're going down, like we're in, and you know, like we want to win this game and, 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 and they see what happened to Florida state last year. They saw them losing to Jacksonville. So that probably adds on to the confidence. They're probably like, Hey, listen, like this, this team can be beat, you know, but you know, though at the same time, I think their chances would have been better if it was in this situation where Florida state's coming off a year where they lost one of these games, because they're probably going to get, or they should get Florida state's full attention. I would assume in this game. And then, you know, they shouldn't be overlooked uh, by any means, but if Florida state chooses to overlook them, you know, this could become a game. Who knows? Well, yeah. If Florida state overlooks them at this game and we lose this game, Jerry Schmidt could be the next head coach <laughs> at Florida State. Right. I mean, he could get the offer right away. Right. <laughs> you know, right, right, right. Seriously. Uh, KB, you got a question? Uh, yeah. You brought some good points. And like you said, it, it seems like Duquesne is returning a lot of key players. Key, you know, the starting quarterback before he got hurt, running back and receiver. So it seems like they bring back a lot of offensive firepower and then a lot of key players on the defensive end. In your opinion, what kind of style of offense does this, what kind of style of attack should we expect on Saturday for people who haven't ever seen Duquesne play before? Uh, well, I mean, I think the most interesting thing will be who do we see under center uh, come mm-hmm. Sunday because we have two quarterbacks here competing uh, for this job, both former starters. Uh, and Joe Mischler was a starter a couple seasons ago. He was injured last year, and then in come Darius Parentes was the starter last year. So which one of those guys we're going to see? But, I mean, both of those guys are similar in that they're, you know, not not like big dual threat guys by any means. They can both move, but, you know, it's not like they're going to be, you know, breaking off these big runs like your quarterback might be doing that day. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. uh, you know, so you're not a big threat in his legs. But, I mean, you know, I think you can expect, you know, kind of like a pro-style attack there going up and, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, pro- you know, probably a pretty even distribution, I think, of the run and pass. And they have a lot of guys back in both areas. So, uh, you know, probably won't be any, you know, thing too crazy. But at the same time, when you're playing a team like Florida State, you're probably going to want to pull out a lot of tricks. You know, I mean, like if you have any tricks there, you know, like up your sleeve, that's a good game to, uh, you know, try to put them out there because you're going to need to do whatever you can to win that game. Absolutely. Yeah, I, th- I think one of the things you mentioned, Brad, was that. You, their stadium holds like 4,500 people, correct? It seems like 45 people. It seems <laughs> like, but, 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 but yeah. Rooney Field. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, they've had a successful program. It is sad when you, you can't, but you know what? When we were losing two, now, when I went to Florida State, I'm an old guy. I went there. We were 0 and 11. Mm-hmm. They almost disbanded the football. Now, this is, prior to Bobby Bowden coming in. Okay. Mm-hmm. We went through a one and 10. We went through an O and 11 and it was ring, ring, Bobby Bowden come in here and fix this thing. And he did. And you know how he fixed the program? He went on the road and he scheduled anybody he could, you know why? Just like Duquesne is, you need to infuse money into the program. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think with Jerry Schmidt there, this guy has a well-established program now and he's he is undermanned. There's no doubt about it. In fact, some of the social media Florida State people here have written this game off and already looking at LSU. I think that's a mistake, mm-hmm. and I think it's wrong. I think it's disrespectful to an opponent. You don't ever disrespect an opponent because that can come back to haunt you because this is a win-win for Duquesne. Not only do they get a paycheck, okay, they get a big paycheck, 
But if they can keep the game close, did you see the point spread? It's like 37 and a half Caesars. I think it's 37 and a half at Caesars. Um, is that just the first half line or is that the <laughs> full, full game line? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the full the, game line. Yeah, okay. that's the full game line. But if they can keep this thing under that, they win. You know, they win a, I guess you'd say a moral victory, but there's a lot of pressure on this Florida State team, a lot of pressure on the coach. The pressure is really on Florida State. It is not on Duquesne. I don't know. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, there's no pressure on Duquesne going down. I mean, uh, they probably already have the check in hand. I mean, you know, like it's probably cash in the <laughs> bank and, you know, you know, they're going down for the experience. Um, you know, they have a lot of guys on this team, you know, like a lot of FCS teams, they have a lot of guys who, you know, probably felt that they could have played at the power five level or, you know, at the FBS level and they're not, you know, they're at the FCS level. So I think a lot of those guys feel, you know, kind of playing with the chip on their shoulder. And this is their, this is their chance, you know, man, we're, you know, like we're playing at Doak Walker, you know, like we're on the big stage down here, you know, let's show Doak what Campbell, Doak, <laughs> Doak Walker, yeah, Doak yeah. Campbell. I, say Doak I know Walker. who Doak Walker yeah, is. Yeah, 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 Doak Walker, you know, so, I mean, um, you know, they have a lot to prove, I think, you know, I mean, you know, you, you know, they want to be, you know, you know, a lot of people are going to have film on this game. They can put out good film and, you know, like who knows what comes of it, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they're going to go down to win the game, but, you know, uh, but they have nothing to lose to at the same time, you know, like they're more focused on, you know, trying to win a conference championship, you know, that's their biggest goal this year. And then, and then, you know, to maybe get the FCS playoffs and make a run there. I think, and I, and I want to, I want to follow up on that because that's, that's a good point you brought up in terms of winning the conference championship. You know, this is a team, Duquesne, that hasn't had a losing record in nine years, but they have struggled to get to that next level in terms of winning a conference championship um, at the at the in the Northeast Conference. Now, where you cover preps a lot, um, and this coach has he grew up through the Pittsburgh, you know, in the Pennsylvania coaching high school in Pennsylvania, now coaching program in Pittsburgh. How do you think that scheduling these out of conference, these big FBS games, traveling to Hawaii, like getting on major networks, how do you think that helps them a recruit? the guys that can't qualify maybe to for an SBF program or can't get, you know, or, or looking to transfer with all these new transfer rules in college, it does open up the door for these FCS schools. We see it with Jackson state, you know, when you get a little bit of buzz, you can get some of these FBS guys that are who want to come in or, or have a you know, struggle at the FBS level, but have the talent and can really start dominating on the FCS level. So how do you think that plays in his strategy of scheduling games like this with uh, Florida State, Hawaii, not only for media attention, but also to get, you know, show that you, you'll get to play on the high stage, even if you come to an FCS school? How, how do you think that plays with high school recruits? Um, I think it definitely plays well, you know, not only with high school recruits, but, uh, you know, like with transfers too, you know, they have a lot of D1 transfers on this team, a lot of FBS guys. Uh, one of their guys, Noah Palmer, um, who was a defensive lineman at Pitt, and he transferred from Pitt to Duquesne. So, you know, that's a guy that has experience playing in the ACC. Yep. And, you know, um, you know, like he talked to one of our guys the other day about, you know, about the experience about going down to Tallahassee. And, you know, he, he's, uh, you know, he's looking forward to it. And, 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 you know, it sounds like that may have been one of the things that brought him, you know, to Duquesne maybe a little bit, you know, the fact that, you know, he gets to still play some of these high level teams, you know, you know, granted it's, you know, it's not going to be that way the entire season, but, you know, but they get the opener of Florida state, they go down to Hawaii, um, and you know, if I took a time machine back and, you know, um, I was being recruited by schools and it's like, okay, wait a second, I get a trip to Florida and to Hawaii. Like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm very interested in your school. Like, yeah. Uh, please tell me a little bit more about it. Yeah. Well, I, I don't, I, I don't know if they're going to be happy coming to Florida in August when it's like, it's, oh, I gave the weather report, which KB just tore me up on say, we're, we're not into the weather business, but it makes a factor. It's going to be a factor in depth 
and rotating. We expect Florida State to rotate a lot of players through. It's going to be in the high 80s, probably in the 90s. 50% chance of rain, which could make it a little sloppy. It's right here. I'm, I'm obviously here in Florida. It's thundering and lightning now. The soccer game, the ladies' soccer game was postponed because of lightning uh, up there uh, in Tallahassee. So the weather could be a factor in this game, but the heat and humidity is dreadful. How will they react to that, you think? Yeah, that's, you know, I mean, that's kind of tough to simulate in practice, you know, like you can bring in a, you know, ton of speakers and you can kind of yeah. simulate the, you know, the crowd noise and everything like that. But, you know, how do you do that with humidity, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, you know, and with the heat. So, yeah, that'll definitely be interesting. You know, if it was, if it was only rain, I would say, well, maybe that favors Duquesne a little bit because, you know, those rain games, those loose balls, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, kind of like a propensity for more turnovers. And, you know, mm -hmm. you, you know, that could help a team like Duquesne in a situation like this. But, yeah, that 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 weather, that heat, that humidity, ah, you know, that, you know, that's probably not going to be easy for, you know, it's not going to be easy for either team. But it's probably especially hard for Duquesne because they're, you know, that's not an environment that they're typically used to be playing in. So we had it. We had it. We had coach Willie Taggart. And I think well, this was his first game down here as a coach and he yeah. lost a game. The next week, he's saying, well, we didn't hydrate enough and we weren't in shape. Oh, he got chewed yeah. up on it. And obviously, that's why he's not here any longer. <laughs> but, but uh, okay, the last question I have, and I'll give KD one more shot because uh, uh, we do appreciate your time, uh, is, th is this. How many fans are going to come down from Duquesne for this game, for the experience? I hope, I hope a lot, you know, I mean, I, I mean, if I was a parent of a kid and, you know, like I had the means of getting down there, I, you know, I, I would definitely be down there. Um, I think you'll get a couple hundred, you know, I mean, like, I think you'll definitely get a couple hundred, at least maybe a thousand. I, I you know, um, I don't know exactly how big the contingent will be headed down there, but uh, you know, there'll probably be a, you know, very small section, uh, uh, you know, there of Doe Campbell, you know, that's kind of filled up, you know, like uh, they're like a Duquesne fan. So hopefully, hopefully a good, uh, you know, amount make the trip because, Hey, you know, uh, it's probably going to be a while before Duquesne plays in Florida again. Although <laughs> one of the most recent times they played there, it was like, I think 85 years ago now, but, uh, but uh, Mike Craig, he's the new defensive coordinator um, at Duquesne this year, came over from California university of Pennsylvania, a really good division two program. His, uh, his wife's grandfather uh, was, uh, uh, was a quarterback at Duquesne way back mm -hmm. in like the twenties and thirties and led them to a victory over Mississippi state in the there orange. Bowl, or, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, uh, it was way back. I, like I think in the Gator bowl, I think it was, it was way back in the Gator bowl, I believe about 85 years ago or so. So, so, <laughs> wow. so, you know, there's a little bit of a history there of Duquesne going down to Florida and winning games. So, you I know, like while this would be, while this would be a huge stunner and a huge upset, it wouldn't be unprecedented. Well, you can tell, you can tell, call over to Duquesne and say there's still tickets available. Now the student section is sold out. About 16,000 students are going to show up and they're half drunk when they get there. <laughs> right. So that, that's, but the Florida State fans are, are great fans. They welcome any opposing uh, fans to come in there. They're not like Miami or Florida, you know, which we hate, you know, they're just ugly. So we welcome any fans to come down to the stadium and, and have a great experience down there. KB, any other questions? 
No, I, I want to thank Brad for his time and his insight. Like I said, I, I think we're really excited for this game on Saturday and, and to against a new opponent that has a long history, as, as Brad just mentioned, uh, a long history through many years. I, I think Duquesne's been playing football more than Florida State has historically, which is which is an interesting part of it. So, um, no, Brad, I, I really want to thank you. We both want to thank you for your time. Well, I got one site. last question, which I always do, Brad. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. It's Duquesne, 36 and a half points. You got to put 500 bucks down. I know now this, I know you live there. What are you going to do? 500 bucks. We'll give you 36 and a half points. All right. Well, I'm going to be quiet about it because I don't want to hear the Duquesne folks here. I'll say it, but, but, but I'll take Florida State. Oh. <laughs> Brad, thanks a lot. Thanks man. a lot, Brad. We appreciate it. Always, always welcome on this program. Absolutely. Take guys, care, thanks, Brad. guys. All right, guys. Take thanks. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Yep. Well, once again, we want to thank Brad for his insights and being a great guest on the show for our mashup on Saturday. Uh, Alex, you can see in the Baron. You can follow Brad on Twitter uh, at BREAL412. Uh, that is his uh, personal handler there, and he's posting great articles and commentary all the time. So go ahead and follow him there. Yeah, once again, guy. Brad, thanks again for uh, have, taking some time to be on with us today. So, uh, well, with that, um, Bruce, uh, you gave the point line there, the score line there for Saturday. Yeah. Are you taking the now that's points? the Caesars sports book that I was yeah. quoting there at the time, yeah. and that line can change. Yeah, it, yeah. All it's, of a sudden, if Jordan Travis wakes up with the flu, it's it, going to change. Yeah, it's, and there's different books that give different odds. Obviously. Yeah. So, but with the current total, are you are you taking the thirty five or not? Florida State. That's a lot of points, but. I think I think I think I'm going to take the points. Uh, I'm going to take Florida State in the 36 and a half point. I think this game's going to be like, you know, 48 to seven. I think that makes the spread. Uh, you know, 52 to seven, something like that. What I want to see out of this offense is we know Jordan Travis can run. We know that yeah. if he's just out there running around, that's a mistake. Okay, yeah. one he could get hurt. He has a chance now to get confidence in stepping back in the pocket. There should be separation by the receivers and loading that ball out there. I think it's a mistake by the OC or the coordinator, the coordinator's game plan. If he's not throwing the ball at least 25 times during his time in there, this is a time to practice that passing game because he's going to have to throw the ball 25 times against LSU, which everybody's looking ahead to in Tallahassee. Don't disrespect any opponent in front of you. So, so on my side, I'm going to take Duquesne plus 35. I just, I just don't, I haven't seen yet that Florida State can blow out any team. I don't care what level of football they're at. And and like Brad was mentioning, like we discussed, Duquesne brings back, a core of their offense and, and two quarterbacks essentially that can play a starting running back and they're just starting their, their yeah. leading receiver. So, you know, just that helps a team that, that may be talent wise behind. If they have, we saw that with Jacksonville state, you have guys that have played together for a little while. It allows them. It's a lot easier for those guys to get in the rhythm offensively than guys that you're trying to match together with transfers on a, on a higher level, like Florida State is when we're trying to match different players together, new receivers, trying to get them in rhythm with Jordan. So I think Florida State's going to come out a little bit slow. And I think it'll be at the advantage of Duquesne where they'll be they'll be humming. And then they may have the opportunity to score once or twice and keep it close. 
And then the second half, Florida State will start to pull away. But I don't think I think that 35, that's a five touchdown gap. And I think that's going to be hard, especially if Florida State is going to try to rotate some guys in and at some point put in a backup quarterback in. Now, now that I start thinking about it too, I'm not sure how much Florida State will play with a backup quarterback. They may want Jordan to play the entire game, even if it is sort of a blowout, just because you want to be prepared for LSU. You don't want to. Yeah, but you, you know, don't want to play him in the I, entire game to get him hurt. He's, I, I, I get that. Really I, I, I get that, but you don't want to pull him too early, too. So I'm going to take Duquesne plus 35. I do think Florida State will still win, but I do think that that 35-point margin uh, it is a lot for a team that's still trying to integrate a lot of players. Well, the weather's going to be a factor. I got the weather, okay. The, the weather – okay. well, you're talking about points, whether we're going to take the points or not. If it's a sloppy game, that, that whole point spread could disappear. Okay, and the thing it's, where not, I, it's not going to disappear. It's, it could go down like three points. Sloppy game. You think all of a sudden they can get all those points? Not necessarily, it's my not, friend. It's going to go down not like necessarily, a, my as Lee Corso said. Not necessarily, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, it that could change the complexion of the game. Jordan Travis needs to get his work done early in the first three quarters, and he's done. If he's still in that game and we got a 21 point lead, that's a mistake. I I, I don't We've I, lost three or four players to, for the year in practice when they're just bumping each other. The guys are gonna get hurt. Okay. I, yeah, I don't think this is not this is not your guy. This is the only guy you, <laughs> that has a chance to make this program win this year. You also are trying to Get in rhythm with three new receivers, so they're starting for you. Okay, so well then the only way start doing it in the first backs. half. We know we could grind the ball on these guys, but you got to. Uh, that's why I say you got to go back and throw the football. Throw the football. All right. Well, we'll 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 see what happens. If there, you can't so. throw the football against Duquesne, you ain't going to throw the football against LSU. You just said not to downplay your opponent. So what, what about I'm not, not I'm just saying your I'm not downplaying them. A lot of the social media guys in Tallahassee already, all they're talking about LSU. One guy, I'm not going to give his name. He, he was right on, right on the, the uh, he's all over the internet. You know, he's all over YouTube and all these. And there was a down. I, I don't even want to talk about, I don't even want to talk about Duquesne anymore. That's disrespect. No, okay? that's disrespect. Disrespect. That's okay. Board material right there. Okay. It is board material. But I, I think. I think that Jordan and they need to, he needs to throw the ball 25 times in this game just for the practice. Okay. okay. Well, I, and I think I'll say it. I don't want to talk about Duquesne anymore right now. I think we've, we've done a good segment on them looking forward to the game. I do think it'll be competitive and I think it's a good warm up uh, before we go into uh, sec country. Um, so that wraps that up where we're, you're taking the points. I'm not. Um, and uh, we'll call it. And then like uh, just as a, Forewarning for everybody, we are going to do a live reaction show uh, right after the game. Uh, either Bruce, myself, or both of us, uh, we're going to do a quick recap post game. So probably around eight o'clock ish, um, we will be on uh, and we'll do a, a quick breakdown. It's not going to be fancy anything like that. But we're going to give our live reaction thoughts on on how things played out, uh, any news that came out of the game, and uh, we're going to give it to you live and we'll, we'll be live. We'll post it live and then we'll uh, post the recording as normal. So and then we'll do a recap the next week. So. Stay tuned for that and subscribe so you'll get that. Hey, yeah, and thanks to a couple of our viewers, uh, uh, Wendy Lackowitz and Jody Potter for uh, listening in tonight and throwing Absolutely. some comments. 
Absolutely. I don't know why. I don't know why one of them they said uh, not sure that sixteen thousand students would like Bruce's music selection of Journey. <laughs> I would. That's agree a with great that. song. I would agree with that. Okay, that's um, a great song. So the next thing uh, I want to go into. Um, do you have any? I, I know you may had some other Florida State related news before I go into wider uh, related yeah. news. Was there any? Yeah, uh, I had uh, uh, the one thing I thought was significant, and uh, Kurt we- what well Weiler. You know, he, he's a writer, senior writer for the Osceola. He put out a an article. Uh, I thought it was really good. It was about uh, um, FSU to start financially rewarding student athletes for good grades. Okay. You know, it's a little sidebar issue, but that's a significant thing that has come in, that has come out of court cases. Okay. That's the important thing is what's happening in these court cases that has produced NIL, that has produced, now you can pay student athletes for having good grades. In fact, University of Florida, Miami have already been doing that. Florida State's getting on that bus a little bit late on that, but they're gonna start doing it. You can, you can pay what they call performance bonuses for academic achievement up to about almost $6,000 a year for quote, good grades. They didn't really detail out what the hell is a good grade or not, but uh, uh, FSU athletic director, uh, Michael Alford, you know, he he was quoted in, in saying that's what they're gonna do. So the money is starting to flow to the athletes, the student athletes. We're not just talking about football, we're talking about all of them, yeah. okay, at this point. And this is just the beginning, and this is all fallout from the NCAA case uh, regarding the Alston case. Yeah. And there's more cases out there now, most particular about athletes being called employees of the union and the NCAA. So that hasn't fallen out yet, but this is coming. You know, these I, things are coming. I think this is funny. And it, like you said, this is a great article by the Osceola. Um, but I think it's interesting that only. You know, and let me say this. I'm sorry Jeez. to interrupt. You. I'm so, Can I'm I get my opinion out before you? The Osceola has been around forever. They are the longest existing newspaper. They had a newspaper print before the internet. I'm sorry. I, I existed before the internet. You did? The Osceola. Yeah, I did. The Osceola, I'd get that, you know, and, and, uh, Read it just like newspaper, but they had they're really a good they put put out a really good product. Go ahead. So, what I was going to say is that uh, they point out in the ESPN story that only 22 of 130 FBF programs had implemented this type of compensation already, right. uh, in Florida State not being one of them at the time. Um, with four, four ACC schools doing it in total, what I, I it just astounds me that with all the other NIL stuff. And how hard it, you know, sometimes it, like Florida State now has like three NIL organizations and collectives trying to get, you know, athletes with, you know, set them up with uh, different companies and stuff like that, get them paid. This just seems like an easy way to get kids cash, but for the right, you know, easily, like it's an easy incentive to have a make sure you're in line with NCAA grading guidelines that you can actually go to bowl games because Florida State struggle for that for years, especially under Willie Taggart, when they couldn't get a two five for on average for the team. But, you know, you're one, you know, rewarding kids are going to class and doing well. And then two, you know, they're getting some cash, you know, cash for doing that. So especially now that it's legal, that's, that's fine. I don't know why more schools wouldn't embrace this. The only reason I can think of is a, 
some of these, you know, this comes directly from the school as opposed to an organization, outside organization. So it's actually coming from the school's pocket versus A, from a corporation's pocket. So that's where I can see why maybe some of the schools aren't embracing it because they actually have to pay out this. Um, but I, I think it's, I, I don't see, if you have the money as an athletic department, which I know some athletic departments from smaller schools do struggle with cash. Maybe that's why they're not doing it. But I, I think it's a great incentive now that they can do it. Pay the kids for for balancing the books, doing well. Um, and that's a, way, that's a way that you can get cash to all your athletes, no matter what position they play. If they're not a star, it can be still kind of used as a great recruiting tool in my mind with it being kind of – and still being on the level of not being NIL, but still sort of being like an NIL, right, um, or academically. So, um, yeah, yeah, that was just my uh, – This is one of the few times I agree with you is this is another way to help attract athletes, Yeah. okay, student athletes to your program. And, again, all athletes – yeah. Uh, you're, you're trying to achieve greatness on all your sports teams, not just football. OK, but it is about money and it is coming out of the school's budget. OK, so it would add up. I don't know what That's the total number of student athletes there are there, but it is a tool that will be used to to. And if you say it's good for one, it's going to be good for everybody. There'll be a set of qualifications and and you'll qualify for that money. That, so, but that's where it could, it's it good could that be. Florida State's getting on this. It could be, but that's the thing. That's why I think some schools haven't embraced it because it it could be expensive depending on what the threshold is to qualify. Because so I think this year, this season, Florida State football team alone has had thirty football players qualify with three point or above. Um, so think about that. If you're paying six out, that's you know that's a hundred you know six thousand dollars. That's not too much money. What's that a hundred and Hundred eighty thousand dollars that yeah, you're paying I, out. Yeah, I, but I have no idea what the criteria is going to be. It's set by the schools. It's, yeah, it's set it by is. the schools. Okay, you know, I didn't know if it was set by. Yeah, it's it, like everything else now. It's boiling down to what the school wants to do. So I don't know what their standards going to be. Is it a two five? Is it a three zero? You know what? What is it? So, but this is across all. But this would be across all departments. That's the thing. So you have to think yeah. about lacrosse and swimming and track oh, so that, that adds up you know that, that's gonna add well, it has to, to a be, lot of it, a big be, expense yeah it has to be equal across the board but here's the bottom line they needed to get on board they are on board yeah okay um yeah so uh i, I think that's the last thing you had for discussing with florida state no no or is there anything else no i got one other thing right. okay i got one other thing there we go so i was watching some interviews of coach norvell here during oh. week zero practices and you know I, I, you know, I want follow-up questions are the best questions. And this was not asked to him, but he said it and not one person spoke up and followed up on it. So he said he's looking for continued growth, okay. continued growth so in 2022. Okay. I would have followed up. And I would have said, Coach, what does that mean? What does continued growth mean for this team? I think it's it's more wins. So that, I'm going to ask you, KB. KB, you're the coach. Coach KB, what does continued growth in 2022 mean? It's a bowl game. It's getting to a bowl game. A bowl game. Okay. So that's, six that's, wins. That's six, six wins. wins. Yeah. Is and that good enough? When when yeah. there's when there's guys I say, out here I, shouting I, that they should win eight or ten games? 
Uh, reporter, are you going to let me talk or are you going to talk over me? Go ahead. So continued growth would be, yes, six or more wins. So the baseline for minimum improvement is six wins. Now, we're obviously trying to grow and get better than that, but minimum minimum improvement baseline is six wins. That would that would show that we're getting a little bit better. And then six wins is a bowl game, or a bowl game is the minimum criteria for improvement. And then winning that bowl game would be, you know, a good baseline for that. So that's seven wins right there. That's a plus two improvement over last year. The other thing would improvement would be being our rivals, being Clemson or Florida. So that's something else. Well, how about could, Miami? You forgot them. You beat them last year, so. Well, you I'm need fine. to beat them this year too. Okay. This is see. This is why they don't ask these questions because that's why you're not in the press conferences because you can't argue <laughs> with the person speaking. Gosh. Yeah. No, I wouldn't argue. I'm not yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, I do yeah. that with you. Okay. Yeah. I do but that with that, you. Bottom line is, but that was a good question. You could have asked Coach Norvell, right? What do you see? What is, you know, what that means? Yeah. You, okay. you could ask what are the metrics for improvement. Yeah. What What are you tracking as improvement? And yeah. I would say, yeah. I would say seven or more wins. Yeah. Sideline seven reporters. wins. But but then yeah. but then those words get taken and get put on every article that says Florida State's only trying to get to seven wins. Like I, I get why they don't want to put hard numbers down because <laughs> that that's what then gets plastered everywhere. It. So I but that's what I would mark as improvement: seven wins. Yeah. Okay. That's the question I think they missed out on, but. They miss a few, and I try to bring those questions yeah, up. Yeah, Since yeah. I am not there, we know, and, and, and we not know why. and not allowed to be there, and we know why. Let's let's. That's another topic for another day. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So I like to end the show, and sometimes start the show with some news around Florida State and around just the NCAA in general. Um, one of the first things that I, I kind of uh, marked this week was something that has to do with high school and high school recruiting, potentially. Um, so we potentially could have asked Brad this question. I, I forgot about it, though, um, as he covers uh, preps. But I want to get your thoughts on this. So this comes from Front Office Sports, which is a great website if you've never heard of it before. But the first ever team-wide high school NIL deal. So a tech company of a, a performance enhance or I shouldn't say performance enhancing, um, a, a a sports technology fitness company of sorts has sponsored an entire California high school team. Uh, NILY. So basically, anyone who signs up to be part of this deal will be listed as a influencer on their website and has to post about the company on their social media platforms. Once they've done that, they will receive one payment up front and they'll get another separate one payment afterwards uh, as part of this deal. No financials were disclosed, so we don't know how much they're getting. It, it, I mean, it could be $1,000. It could be 50, you know, but it's a, it's team-wide. So I think that's the biggest thing here. It's a team-wide deal. Anyone can opt into it. It's not just like the quarterback um, or anything like that. Um, and this is the first, it's being reported as first since NIL, NILs passed. As you may or may not know, uh, these types of high school NILs are state regulated. So some states have opted in to say, Yep, high schools can do this. Um, states and, and localities, yes, state, you know, yes, they can do this. Some have outright said, no, you cannot do this. We will not allow it in our state. Uh, but California is one of the states that is open to it. So I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, on something like this. Uh, what do, first of all, what, what are your opinions of, of companies doing this? What are your thoughts on high schools allowing it? Um, do you think it will be like this for every state in the next couple of years? Well, it doesn't surprise me it's coming out of California because they just banned 
gasoline cars by 2035. <laughs> I don't want to turn this into a, no, a political issue. What does that have to do with any? That does not <laughs> no, have no, to do with anything. No, I know. I'm just, that's a joke, okay? No. Now, this is this is uh, St. John Busco High School. Bosco, yep. Bosco. They're a private school, right? Yep. They're not a public school. This is a Catholic school. This Catholic schools have been doing this across the country for years, okay, in terms of getting certain sponsors and so on. You see it sometimes along their stadiums in the basketball gym. They they they're private. They can I think they're not regulated. They're not regulated the same way public schools are, okay? I think that I think we're talking two different deals and so I believe this, if, if, if a college player can sign an NIL deal, why couldn't any level athlete do it? I'm not opposed to it. They're, they're signing, I think high school guys now that are in high school have signed certain NIL deals. They're like five-star guys. They haven't even taken a play in college. I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. The, the schools themselves are in trouble financially. So why not, if they have a chance to get Bob's Welding Company to come in and do some NIL deals or whatever they want to do to sponsor to get their name on the on the advertisement, why not? Why but, not? But, but what That's you capitalism. Out, but That's the first free, thing you brought up was training. sponsorships is different. Before, the money would go to the school and not the students. Now, the stu- money is going directly to the students and not the school. So that's the difference. Well, we don't, know, we don't know if yes. there's a portion going to the school, too. We don't no. know that. Okay, but the difference is we know money's going to the students. Okay. That that before you said Catholic schools have been always doing these sponsorships, but that money was going not going to the students. The money was going to the school. Well, indirectly now the money is going to the athletes into their bank accounts. That's okay. the difference here. And I, I think, don't have a problem with it. I don't yeah, think it's I, I don't think it's gonna be a major, a major deal in the country. It may benefit certain high school athletes, but you know, in this case. I guess everybody gets a piece of the action. And as so, Jody Potter brought up uh, in the chat, Massachusetts high schools are now doing this. And she brought up a good point that, you know, it, it's really up to the board of directors, like like I said, in the high school districts themselves. It's up to the state and the high school district level to determine can their schools do this or not. So that's really, it, it's going to be interesting how this unfolds. Because like I said, it's like a dozen states that say, no, we will not allow this to happen. But then there's states like Massachusetts, California that are open to this. And now I think this is going to be a new wave that we're going to see with high schools and athletes. You know, yeah. kind of embracing it's just like college are. So uh, I thought that was interesting. I think it's a good it. I think it's a good point. We're, we're in a really changing environment here in terms of what we used to call amateur sports. You know, it, you know, we, we went through that with the Olympics. Right. You know. Yeah. First, we just used all the amateurs, and then we started using our pro guys. This this is a developing story. Uh, th- there's more coming from these cases against the NCAA. The next thing to drop, I think, is going to be the employee. The college play- student athlete will become an employee of the university and the NCAA, and that gives them certain rights and benefits. And then that goes to back to the college football players association that get, you know, the guests we had on. Okay. Uh, Alonzo, it it goes right into his wheelhouse in terms of talking about how these player unions will come about. I do believe that's going to happen. I do believe that's going to happen. Yeah. 
So, um, so the last thing, or one of the other things I wanted to bring up was kind of related to this, um, but it's uh, kind of, it is definitely related to NIL. So uh, Amazon is getting into the NIL business, which really yes i didn't see that um with, yeah it, it, i think it's interesting on multiple fronts and I'll, I'll bring up the article here so you can see but as you can see they've signed two athletes nil partnerships um which i believe is is super interesting for a number of reasons and uh and this is reported by on three nil are they college um, guys yes yes okay. um so in uh, the way that they're going to do this is pretty, pretty interesting. You know, Amazon's really expanding. So they're expanding with Thursday Night Football. TJ Finley, if you don't know, um, he is, uh, plays at Auburn. But they're what they're, and, and the other guy they signed is Brevin Calloway from Clemson. So an ACC guy. So they're rolling out, they're rolling this out very slowly, uh, getting into the, uh, into the NIL space with uh, these two athletes. But essentially, what's going to allow them to do is basically these players are going to be able to set up their own kind of uh, they're been upset their own kind of athlete profiles within Amazon, the Amazon store, and then basically promote things. And if you buy things through their links, they basically get compensated for it. Um, so they, they, in a sort of way, they can set up their own and, and guess who set up this deal between Amazon and these athletes? Who? Mackenzie Milton and his uh, Dreamfield oh, no. organization. Yes. Hey, so good it all for, good yeah. for Mackenzie. I mean, yeah. that's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, a wild, wild west shootout here, brother. Yeah, so I think uh, it'll be interesting with Amazon getting into this. Um, I think what they're doing in terms of sending up these athlete stores, um, where you can follow an athlete, see what they're what they're kind of posting, you know, what they're posting and and kind of uh, apparel and stuff like that, and and then they get a portion of those of those proceeds that go through the Amazon store, and obviously, you know. Everyone uses Amazon, right? You, whatever you're looking for. I do. So, <laughs> so, so, yeah, basically, you can, they'll have all their unique pieces of merchandise set up on the marketplace. Whatever you want, you pay, and then uh, they get a piece of that, uh, which is wow, pretty cool. That's, so, that's yeah. really innovative, to be honest. Yeah. So, I, I, when I saw this, I was like, this is, you know, if I was an athlete, I would say, get me in on this. If I had any type of following, and apparently these guys do have a, have a pretty good, following which is why they were targeted for this they have a good social media following which makes sense so if you have that following obviously well this is you you know that's a good i gotta make a point on that that's a very good point i am not and i won't do it personally and and some florida state fans are not going to like me to say this but when when we're trying when we get a guy you know who says he commits to Florida state or he's thinking about it and he, and he comes on Twitter himself and he goes, Hey, drive me, drive up my numbers on uh, Insta and on Twitter or mainly on Insta and all this, get my profile up. I'm not going to play that game. What's wrong with that? I'm not going to play this game of driving up people's numbers and then they bail out. I'm not doing that. I will drive up their numbers once they sign the paper, but that's just me. I'm not speaking for any other Florida State fans or what you do, KB. I'm speaking for Bruce. And I'm not driving up your numbers and you play me and and and, and then you're on the next car out of here. Mm, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that, okay? Uh, I'm going to show you here real quick. You know um, what? If they're doing this on Amazon, guess who's going to follow? Walmart. Walmart is no kids don't look at Walmart. Walmart has no pull with younger kids, man. Uh, I'm just telling. Really? 
Yeah. Okay. I'm just. They don't, they don't have the infrastructure like this. Okay. I, Amazon makes it so simple. Everyone go. I no, love no. Amazon. I'll be honest. And and, and hey, you want to jump on us and be a sponsor, of Amazon? We're good. I mean, uh, what you do and how you do it is unbelievable. And so unbelievable. this is this is what his store looks like. Um, oh wow! So like you see, it's Amazon. It's in Amazon. This is his store. You can follow him, and he just posts this all you know his different. What is that dog there. thing? You can it's, put your uh, dog on here. Put uh, Gus out there. KB, you could have your own this. store with Amazon. So you can buy a dog. Oh. <laughs> you can buy this dog collar so yeah but basically yeah if you buy through his store then you know what you he should have on there he should have those uh 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 cremation bowls for dogs you know when they pass away and cremate you could buy a bowl and i think that's cheaper a on amazon I, I think that's a horrible idea but yeah this is what they're doing uh i i, I would expect this to explode honestly i think this is a great idea i think amazon's gonna crush this wow. because they don't have to these athletes don't have to set up websites they, they all their could he sell a used football jersey that he wears it like a game jersey in there probably not It'll be, uh, they do. I mean, they do have uh, used merchandise. That's called. That. That'll be called employee uniforms. Got to be turned in. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll stay on top of that. Wow. Um, I yeah. mean, there there's so much stuff to stay on top of. It's amazing. Yeah, it yeah. really is. It's um, it's hard to do. And then one of the final things uh, I wanted to show you that I got caught my attention was the uh, was the. Uh, the announcement of the new streaming service for college football. I don't know if you saw this uh, for our HB, HBCU Go. So, so uh, programs like FAMU are now going to have a way uh, to, they, they've now gotten their own deal to stream uh, oh, these nice. football games. So they're going to have nice. on demand, have their own streaming service. So, you know, we, everyone was hearing about the big tens deal, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. $7 billion deal, but now Byron yeah. awesome. uh, and them have basically, the first of its kind now will have a streaming service for the SWAC and CIA That's to awesome. stream these schools. So now people who want to watch Florida AM that don't live yeah. in Tallahassee or, or can't see these games can now have this app. And it's rumored to be around, I think, like a, a long-term contract, but financials really weren't uh, considered. I think this is a good play because they think it's like a 10-year, $120 million co contract uh, to stream these services on one place. My thinking is, is that, this is going to get high viewership. It's going to crush it. And then he can flip this and sell this too. You know, it lays the groundwork for him to get a media contract then with like an ESPN, CBS, stuff like that, and, and really make it into something. But I think this is something that's never been heard of. And I do have to give credit to Florida State or Florida State legend Deion Sanders, who really has brought more attention to Jackson State and to schools like this. And I think that's really brought especially on the football scene. I think he laid the groundwork for something like this to happen. And so. you know, they open up Jacksonville state opens up against Florida A&M. Yeah. So yep. that's, so that'll that'd be, be a good game. Absolutely. So I, I thought this was a really interesting, uh, really interesting deal here and, and something that I think in a couple of years, you'll see this, this probably get bought out by one of the major networks, whether it's Peacock or Paramount or yeah, know, ESPN. Well, everybody, you know, all there's such a fight out there on streaming services now, you know, between all of them, Paramount and Hulu and Sling and this and that, yeah. that everybody's fighting for sports because they know people love sports. It's always been that way, always will be that way. And 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 you're I think you're exactly right. They'll be fighting for these deals. They'll Absolutely. be fighting for these deals. And, and let's not forget, 
it's gone a little bit silent right now. The submarine has gone down a little bit, but you don't think Florida State's out there still beating the bushes about leaving the ACC. You're wrong. They're out there beating those bushes, and uh, it's kind of gone under that radar a little bit. And, uh, yeah, nobody yeah. asked about it either. That would have been a good question for, for Mike Alford. You know, next next interview. No, by he, he said he made, he made a comment that they're going to aggressively. He did say that. Yeah, You're yeah. exactly right. I read nice. that, and he nice. did say that. Mike Alford. I hope that guy sticks around. For well, a then while. he also said he's cheering for Miami this week, this weekend or next weekend. Yeah, so I, I, that's well. That was you know, yeah, no, bad I, PR. That was bad. But but he he is an aggressive guy. He's an aggressive guy. He's doing all he can. Okay, and then right. the last point. The last point What's the last is point? the quarterback club and the guest speaker that night. No, 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 no. I, I have one more thing. I have one more thing before we wrap up. Before is, that, wrap is up. that the thing or can no, I comment not. on it? No, it's not. Okay. Last, well, wait a last. minute. I just would say Coach Norvell gave a very spirited speech at the quarterback club this week. Okay. And there's some video out there if people want to look for it. But it was – very spirited. I think Coach Norvell is pumped, and he knows now. Uh, hey, the fun part's over. Now we're going. Now we're going to battle. We're taking our warriors. We're going to battle, and the real questions are going to start. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's oh, what I call the real questions. Or the raw raw stuff's not going to work. The anymore. raw raw stuff is done. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then the last thing here uh, before we wrap up is the last piece of news. Uh, I thought this was kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, I saw that. Front Office of Sports has this article that uh, <laughs> that Rutgers uh, football players racked up 45K in DoorDash bills because apparently during you know COVID um, for the last two seasons, uh, they've been able to use DoorDash to like order meals when the food halls and cafeterias were closed so they, they could order DoorDash and have it brought to their, their rooms and stuff like that. But then they dug into this deeper. Well, first of all, as you can see in the headlines, the rector's athletic department runs at $73 million deficit. Uh, so, so pretty much they were, uh, over the last two years of 2020. Let's get our producer to get a hold of Doug, bring him on a future program, man. That's, <laughs> you know, find out what the hell went on here. And, and, but hey, I, hey and, you get a hold of, you know, is he here? No, he's not here tonight. You get a hold of the producer, have him, have him do that. I think uh, I think a DoorDash NIL may be in play here for Rutgers. I think that's a good comment. <laughs> Maybe Rutgers would be cheaper yeah. for them. But yeah, I good think comment uh, there from our viewer. I think that's a great comment. <laughs> um, but one thing people commented here is that forty five k is a drop in the bucket. Uh, we look at a seventy three million dollar deficit. So they, it was forty five four hundred and fifty thousand. That's yeah. not a drop in the bucket. When you're losing 70, 73 million dollars, it's it's not the thing that's making them go bankrupt in the athletic department. No, let's look at okay. That's that's one thing. They need to go out and play some big boy teams, is what they need to do. But I think the other thing that was funny is that it wasn't really the amount of money, I don't think, that really got them in trouble. It was the fact that once school was back in session or things were back open, DoorDash orders were coming in from Florida and not campus anymore. So these orders were coming from other states other than New Jersey. And uh, yeah, DoorDash were, yeah, as far as, yeah, they said Florida and stuff like that. So it wasn't being used the right way, and nobody was monitoring it. So well, it's embarrassing. I thought it, that was. It uh, shows. It shows they don't have any oversight. It shows that the athletic department 
wasn't managing. They weren't watching the numbers. And, and it's embarrassing. They just need an accountant. They, it's they, like they, Johnny Depp. Yeah, it's yeah. like Johnny Depp when he was in trial and, and his accountants came to him and said, Johnny, you make a lot of money, but you spend more than you make. And he was like, what? You know, there's no accountability. But you got to know this. We're stuff. losing $73 million. That You probably lose that line item of DoorDash uh, every day because uh, that, that's the only thing I can think of. But for anybody wondering, they've switched over to Grubhub now, so they're no longer using DoorDash. Oh, so maybe they, have a be- maybe they have a better way to manage these things nowadays. You know, you know, the last comment on that, but if your program continues to run in those types of deficits, athletics, you start to lose your programs. Well, that's that, why that, that's the bottom line. But this is why the seven billion dollar media deal for the Big Ten is going to help programs like right. this because that, right. that right. check is but, going to come to but, them. What I was commenting back in 73 and 74 when Florida State was running a 1-10 and and an 0-11 record, all right, this they were going to shut down the program because they were hemorrhaging money. You know, it takes a lot of money. A lot of schools are underwater. To finance the football thing. And and they were going to knock that out. That's why when Bowden came in, Part of the strategy was you got to go on the road, bro. You got to take this team on the road. If you get your brains beat out, you get your brains beat out. But we got to have immediate cash inflow. But what happened there was they went out and actually, like Duquesne is doing, it helps your recruiting. Then you're bringing in better players. Now you're on TV. Now you're going to Michigan, Ohio State, and Notre Dame and playing these people. And then you started to win some of these games. It really builds a strong nucleus for your program. But yeah. you can't keep hemorrhaging money. And that's why a lot of these teams are in conferences. Are in conferences. Now, oh, yeah. Yeah. back in 73 and 74, Florida State was a major independent. They were yeah. a major independent. Like Miami was a major independent. Yeah. Like Notre Dame is still a major independent. They are the only major independent, really. Just you because know, of a media deal, then that's you know, the only reason. But but these conferences, you help share money. Yeah, yeah. All right, I think uh, that's going to do it. Um, unless uh, unless uh, there's anything else, uh, as uh, as our viewer said, early '80s Florida State played all over the country, just like you said, Bruce. They so, did. Yeah. They, they did, and they and, and you know what? The history of that, you, people should go back and look at that. It's amazing, mm-hmm. and, and I was able to follow all of that. You know, yeah. what we once took, uh, we once took. You're going to see less a, of that now. You're going to see a lot We less. once took, I was out in Colorado in the, in, in the army and Florida state was playing in Kansas. And I said, let's get in the car and go see the Seminoles in Kansas. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we won that game. You know, this was back in the, in, uh, in the mid seventies. And we packed up our, our little daughter. And we said, what are we going to do with her? We can't take her to the stadium. We put her, we found some girls at the doorman who babysat her. Okay. <laughs> that was my oldest daughter. And, and, and uh, they babysat her. We went to the game, came back. She was still there. They were having a great time with her. God only knows what they did, but she turned out okay. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, look, uh, I, I think. it up, baby. Tomorrow's Friday. I think that'll do it. I think uh, Bruce is uh, starting to lose it. So uh, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and wrap it up now. Uh, any any final notes or uh, thoughts before uh, we? I got a final go? note. You see this hat? Look at the sweat on that hat. That's disgusting. Why? No, why it isn't disgusting. Up? This means 
This hat's been through a lot of games. No, it just means you don't have a washing. No, it has been washed, and it's still that way. This is when when things aren't going well. I'm always there. When they're going well, I love it. It means he doesn't shower, folks. All right. Well, thanks again, everybody, for a great show. Uh, we'll hope for a win. We'll see you on Saturday after the game for a quick uh, live reaction. And then, as always, we'll be on uh, doing a full recap uh, the next week. So take care, everyone. Have a great night. And stay safe out there. God, I need a drink. <laughs>